We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to the Rotowire DFS podcast for Thursday, April 28th. Uh, my name is James Seltzer. I'm your host, along with my co host, Benny Ricciardi. Benny, what's going on, brother? Yeah, not too much. Uh, you know, pretty decent night last night. Could have been a lot bigger, but, uh, you know, never going to be upset about making some money. There you go. Yeah, Benny and I were talking off air, and uh, we won't go into detail, but let's just say Benny would be feeling pretty good if he had made one particular lineup decision uh, instead of another, but them's the breaks, and uh, hopefully we'll go out and get them today, Thursday, April 28th, and and give you a chance to go out and, and win those uh, lots of coin that Benny could have won there, not to not to needle it in. But, uh, Benny, it's going to be uh, crucial to make the right decisions today because a lighter slate with only eight games on the docket, uh, even for Four to four split for day and night, too. So kind of a a nice, even board to look at. Uh, Let's start off with the day games. A 1-10 start in Detroit uh, as the Oakland A's head in. Right-hander Chris Bassett taking on struggling right-hander Annabelle Sanchez. Uh, Then we head to a 2-20 start in Chicago as... The Brewers head into Wrigley to take on the Cubs. Zachary Davies, another right-hander against the lefty. Johnny Lester. Uh, I can't say John Lester's name without putting that Boston affectation on it. And I apologize to everyone. Um, uh, then we had to Colorado 3-10 start on the East Coast. So uh, an early game for those guys. Pittsburgh in Colorado. Juan Nicasio taking on Tyler Chatwood, a matchup of right-handers. Then we get to a 4-0-5 start, the last of the day slate. 
the Phillies heading into Washington take on the Nationals. Aaron Nola, who's looked pretty good against. Tanner Roark coming off the most unlikely 15 strikeout performance in the history of baseball, in my opinion, which we will get to as well. Uh, night slate begins at 7.05 in Baltimore as the Orioles host the White Sox. Lefty John Danks versus righty Tyler Wilson. Uh, and then 7.10 start in Boston as the Braves head into town in an interleague matchup with Julius Chassin taking on Clay Buckholtz. That is a fun name to say, Chassin. Uh, and then we got two left, uh, a 940 uh, start out in Arizona. Uh, the Cardinals head into town, Michael Waka against Rubby De La Rosa. Uh, and then the, clearly, I think the best pitching matchup of the day, uh, really the only nice pitching matchup of the day is, uh, as the Marlins head into and to LA to take on the Dodgers at 10-10 with Jose Fernandez taking on uh, the newest uh, imported sensation in Kent, uh, Maeda. All right, so uh, Benny, let's dive in. Like we said, a light slate, so important to make the right calls. Let's start off with that 110 game in Detroit uh, as the A's head in. Chris Bassett against Anibal Sanchez. I'm guessing, you know, even though the lineup's Detroit solid lineup, the A's hit or miss, but you got to like some hitters in this one, Benny. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I really don't like either one of the pitchers right now. You know, Sanchez is really struggling to start the year. He's given up a 333 batting average so far to both right-handers and left-handers. He's actually uh, he was a reverse splits guy last year with right-handers actually doing better than better against them, which is tough because I think this Oakland team is filled with a lot of lefties. But I think those lefties will be fine against Sanchez here too. So, you know, guys like Reddick is probably my favorite play. Uh, Steven Vogt is pretty cheap. He's somebody I've been rolling out there a lot. You know, Lowry's been hitting cleanup for them lately with Valencia on the DL. So I like the middle part of that order for them. I think they'll be good. And then on the other side with Detroit, I mean, Chris Bassett's not a very good pitcher. Uh, He's away from Oakland, so he's actually getting a little bit of a park downgrade. You know, Detroit's a better hitter's park than Oakland is. And you can look at the, you know, the heart of that Detroit order. Guys like Biggie, who jacked out two homers the other day. Uh, You got guys like... um, you know, Victor Martinez in the middle there, J.D. Martinez, you know, Justin Upton, who's been slumping a little bit. You know, there, there's a couple big bats in there that I think can put up some runs. I'm expecting this to be a high-scoring game, uh, probably on both sides, you know, with Sanchez having trouble with his control and also, you know, giving up a lot of hits, not going deep into the games. I think we get into the bullpens pretty early in this game, and I could see it being like a 7-5 or, you know, 8-6 kind of final. So definitely think you got to have some exposure to some of the bats here. A hundred percent agree with you here. Sanchez has been atrocious, seventy RA and a one point eight nine whip. He's he's been walking. He's got a ten point five percent walk percentage. So he's just putting way too many people on base, getting killed by both righties and lefties so far this year. And and had that injury, uh, you know, in spring training and didn't really get a full spring training. So whether he's maybe still a little hurt or not fully, you know ramped up uh, he certainly hasn't looked right and Oakland has a way of of putting out an unexciting looking lineup but matchup wise they find a way to get it done so I agree Reddick Coglin Burns guys like that uh, and then Detroit I, I think everything you said is true as well Bassett uh, reverse splits in both his career and this season uh, granted not a huge sample size but uh, I like the pricing for the Detroit guys assuming it holds uh, you know it's they've been like Miggy was only 3700 yesterday which you know isn't that much considering the upside uh, JD Martinez at thir- at only 3000 again he's been struggling but pretty good in righty righty matchups at least over his career so uh, I'm with you 100% there I think there's some nice uh, nice hitter matchups to take advantage of 
Let's head to Chicago for 220 start as the Brewers head into town. Zachary Davies, maybe you want to play some Cubs against him uh, versus John Lester. What are you thinking here, Benny? Yeah, all the Cubs against <laughs> Davies. I mean, I you know, start at the top. You want Fowler, you want Zobris, you want Hayward. Definitely want some Rizzo shares. I'd even take some Bryant shares, even though it's righty on righty. He hits righties well. Yeah, just as, as much exposure to the Cubs as you can possibly get. I think those bats are going to be great. You know, Milwaukee is actually better against left-handed pitching than they are against right-handed pitching, but they're really, really bad against right-handed pitching, and it's not like they're great against lefties, so it's not really saying much. In the, in the early slate, if you're only playing those four games, I think Lester's almost a must-use because you look at the other options that you have, and they really aren't all that great of options. I mean, I'm not using anybody in cores. I don't like anybody in that Oakland-Detroit game. So you're pretty much down to picking you know, Lester and then your favorite pitcher in the Philly-Washington game if you're playing an early slate somewhere. So I like him in that case. I don't know if I love him on the overall day slate, though, if you have all the other options from the other four games in there. You know, I still think he's going to be good. I just don't think he's going to have a great start against Milwaukee because, like I said, they got all right-handed bats, so they, they could make it a little bit of a tougher uh, a tougher outing for him. But, I mean, with that being said, you want exposure to the Cubs bats. I don't think there's too much on Milwaukee I really want to go after. You know, Ryan Braun hits left-handed pitching really well. He's somebody that you can put in there. You know, the other guys you're just kind of taking a flyer on if you're taking anybody else besides him from Milwaukee. Yeah, I wrote on my notes, start everyone in all capital letters for the Cubs. So obviously it comes down to pricing, but uh, I feel pretty good rolling them out against a guy who in his eight, eight and a third innings pitch so far this season has a 9.72 ERA and a 2.52 whip. Uh, he's got almost as many strikeouts per nine, 5.4 as walks per nine, 4.3. So I think that Cubs lineup, which is clicking right now, I mean, you know, when they have a bad night, they put up four runs. So I, I think that's a, an obvious spot. You know, obviously some people might be a little too highly priced, but I, I like I like starting the Cubs, especially in an early slate. Uh, feel the same way about Lester. I actually don't even know if I would start him in the early slate, depending on the pricing, uh, maybe in a couple lineups, but we'll get to the guy I would roll out, as you mentioned, uh, my choice in that game. Uh, but before that, let's head out to uh, the, the hitter's paradise out in Colorado, a 3-10 start as the Pirates head into town. Juan Nicasio, former Rocky against Tyler Chatwood. I feel like both of these guys have, have been Rockies pitchers my entire life for some reason. But, um, Benny, uh, where, where are you leaning in this one? Obviously, the bats, but uh, what, what direction particularly? Yeah, I mean, no exposure really to the pitching at all in this game. But, you know, you want to have exposure to bats, and I think you want exposure to bats on both sides. Uh, Pittsburgh going up against Chatwood. I mean, he's a right-handed pitcher. You know, you can look at McCutcheon. He's still good in righty-on-righty matchups. Uh, 370 Woba, 190 ISO score. So, you know, again, he jacked out three home runs last night, so he's obviously seeing the ball well, although that was against left-handed pitching. This is against the righty. But, again, in, in cores, you can you can almost look at anybody. So probably the left-handed bats on Pittsburgh are the ones you want to look at, but they're all down in the order. You know, I like when they put Matt Joyce in the lineup and hit him up towards the top, so hopefully he gets in there. I'd like him in this situation. You know, Polanco's still hitting six, though. You know, they, they really don't have too many other, uh, you know, left-handed bats that you want to go after. On Colorado, righty-on-righty matchup, Nolan Arenado is very good, so I think he's in play. You know, you can look at the left-handed bats that they have. Guys like Cargo definitely in play. 
You know, you can even look at some of the cheaper options they have. I think a guy like Paulson will be in there. He's been hitting well so far this year. He could be a cheaper option. You know, you need to put in some of those guys that are a little bit cheaper. I always like when I find a guy playing in the in the you know the course field game that you can get for like thirty seven or thirty eight hundred because most of the time they're jacking all these guys up into the four thousand range or higher where it's tough to stack up a bunch of them. But again, I mean, I don't see either one of these guys as good pitchers. I expect this to be a high-scoring game. You know, I think we get five runs or more at either side, so I think you want to have exposure to both teams in this one. Yeah, not a lot to add, especially in an early slate. Uh, feel the feel the same way there. And, and Cargo, I think you said, is a nice matchup against Nicasio. But, you know, the pricing is going to be insane. If you look at the first base pricing for yesterday, Wednesday, John, I just mentioned that Miguel Cabrera is at 3,700. John Jaso comes in right below him at 3,600. So just, you know, if you ever wonder how much they impri- inflate the pricing for, you know, games out there, it, it's, it's a lot. So, um, but again, I, I think you do want to have some exposure here just because there, there's going to be offense. Another maybe cheap option, depending on if you can get the lineups in time for those early slates, uh, Troy Walters, if he's starting in place of Hunley, it's a day game for them. Lefty hitter, maybe a, a nice matchup there for a really cheap catcher option, kind of fill out some other spots. Um, but agree. I, and oh, I like uh, Gerardo Parra a lot. He's been hitting well, running, and then the lefty-righty matchup as well. Uh, but let's get to the the matchup that we referenced before out at a four to five start in Washington, kind of where I think there could be some pitching value. Uh, the Phillies heading into town with Aaron Nola taking on the 15 strikeout phenom Tanner Roark. Honestly, Benny, I'm not going to lie to you. Tanner Roark, 15 strikeouts and in seven innings pitch is one of them. You know, the, you know, the, the Twitter uh, handle, you can't predict baseball. That is, that is really high on the, you can't predict baseball list. Uh, what you, what's your takeaway here, Benny? Yeah, well, you know what? I don't think it was that crazy. It's obviously not something that we would expect Tanner Rourke to repeat, probably for the rest of the season, maybe for the rest of his career. But the thing that it does outline to me is just how bad that Minnesota Twins team is against right-handed uh, pitching, that he was able to strike out 15 guys. I actually do like him a little more than I like Aaron Nola in this matchup. Nola pitched against Washington I think about a week or so ago, gave up seven runs, got really knocked around. So we've already seen this Washington team hit them. And, you know, they're going to throw those those left-handed bats in the middle of the order, guys like Harper and Murphy at them. You know, you even have guys like Worth and Zimmerman who have been hitting a little bit better right now. So, you know, Rendon and, and Taylor on top. I mean, that's a, that's a pretty solid lineup that they have from top to bottom over there. So I think that Tanner Rourke's spot is a lot softer than the spot that Aaron Nola has. So if I'm choosing between these two guys, I'm not expecting seven innings, 15 strikeouts again. You know, I'm probably not even expecting seven innings and six strikeouts here. That's probably more like what we will get out of it. So unless his price is like through the roof, I think I'd rather have Tanner Rourke than Nola. And I think I'd rather have some of those, uh, you know, I really like those left-handed bats on Washington, the the Bryce Harpers, the Daniel Murphys. You know, definitely going to have some exposure to those guys in my lineup. It's nice to disagree sometimes, Benny, because I'm going to go the other way, and I'm going to say that I think Aaron Nola is the better pitching play in this matchup here. Uh, I know what you reference, obviously the one bad start against this Washington team, but otherwise Nola's been pretty good as far as it goes. A couple of really good outings and one so-so outing where he ran into a little bad luck, but, you know, you look at some of the underlying numbers that he's got a 10.3 K per nine, a 1.7. 
seven walk per nine. I, I think he's he's talented. I, I don't think he's going to be a, a, a one long term, but he's a two or a three. And I think I, I think he's going to learn from the last start. And this is just based on, you know, kind of what I've seen from him in Philadelphia living here. Uh, so I, I think obviously the lefties worry you. He hasn't been as good against lefties in his career, but I like him as a sneaky play. I think he's going to be cheaper than Roark and probably cheaper than a fair amount of the pitchers you would ever consider starting on the board. So I think there's some sneaky value here that, you know, Phillies have shown they could beat the Nationals. They did it a couple days ago. Uh, low scoring game there as well. So I don't know why I have a sneaky play for Nola there, but either way, I, I don't see this as a super high-scoring game because I agree. My my biggest takeaway of Roark is twins are bad, but <laughs> that's what I wrote down. But um, I'm with you. Maybe uh, Herrera is a, a nice play. Is the really the only lefty bat in that lineup you can you can count on uh, consistently? All right, Benny. Those are the four day games. Before we get into the night slate, let me remind you the MLB season is here. And that means that Daily Fantasy Baseball is back. Go to FanDuel.com. Building a team is easy. Just pick your players, stay under the salary cap, and sit back tonight and watch your team win. Entry fees start at just $1, so anyone can play. It's, you know, the, the thing to do. I mean, you know, you can change your lineup on a daily basis. You don't have to be stuck with a guy who's injured past one single day. You know, there, it's just, it's a really fun alternative to, to season long. And, and as Benny and I both do, we do it in tandem with season long. So it, it's really for everybody. Uh, join over the 1 million other users who've already won money. Uh, it's never too late to join. Come play with me every day over at FanDuel.com. Uh, go to FanDuel.com and click the microphone in the upper right-hand corner and use my code rwpod to sign up now a uh, special offer for new users you can get a free six-month rotowire subscription with a 25 dollar deposit i mean it's uh, it's such a good deal you're 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 getting you have to sign up with my code my promo code rwpod but that's 60 dollars in value for just 25 bucks and again you're you're getting to actually play with those 25 bucks so it's really a great value and you get to use rotowire as a way to help you do better so uh don't forget to use my code rwpod fanduel.com where every day is a new season. That's FanDuel, F-A-N-D-U-E-L dot com. Sign up today. All right, Benny, let's knock out this night slate. The White Sox heading into Baltimore, 705 start. Lefty John Danks against righty Tyler Wilson, who's mostly pitched in relief so far this season. Uh, I'm guessing you're going with offense in this one. Well, you know what? I actually don't hate Tyler Wilson as a cheap option. He has taken over the fifth spot in the Orioles rotation from uh, Vance Worley's. They basically flip-flopped, so Worley's now the long reliever, and Wilson is in there. I just really don't like the Chicago White Sox team against right-handed pitching. You got Adam Eaton up at the top of the order, who's a decent guy, around the 360 Woba over the last year and a half. You know, not a lot of power, so he, he can get you a couple singles, maybe steal a base or score a run. And then... Jose Abreu hits well in righty-on-righty situations, but he's batting under 200 now to start the season, so he hasn't had a really good start to the year. Outside of the two of them, though, I'm not really all that you know enamored with this offense for the White Sox. I know they put up 10 runs yesterday, but they did that against a knuckleballer where a lot of guys in that team had good BVP against them. You know, This is still an offense that's in the bottom 10 in the league in almost every single category that you look at, from batting average to you know run scored, Wobo, all, all the important stuff. So I actually like Wilson a little bit. I think he's sneaky. And then on the other side, I hate John Banks as a pitcher. I love him as somebody that I'm going to target bats against. Um, 
you know, Baltimore's offense has actually struggled. They were on fire when they came out of the gates to start the season, you know, putting up big numbers almost every game. And lately it seems like they're not hitting all that well. You know, you got guys who should be in good spots here, like Trumbo against the lefty. Um, you know, Machado actually hits righties a little bit better, but I think he'll be in a good spot here. You know, same thing with Chris Davis. He's not bad lefty on lefty kind of guys. Adam Jones, when he's healthy and right, usually mashes left-handed pitching. Um, so I think all those guys are in play. Maybe even looking down to like a Jonathan Scope or a, or a J.J. Hardy uh, rather than using Ricard at the top in a lefty on lefty, I think is a is a viable way to go. So I'm expecting Baltimore at home to put up a lot of runs in this game, and I think we can get a couple home runs out of that lineup too. So I'd be looking more towards the Baltimore bats than the White Sox bats. And you know, I know you're going to need to find some cheap options in order to fit in some of these big bats that we want on the day. I think Tyler Wilson is one of the better sneaky options that you can look at here because I really don't like the matchup uh, for the Chicago White Sox against them. Yeah, I understand that. I, I don't know if I would be willing to put Wilson in there. I, I think he's obviously going to be insanely cheap, so potentially it's worth it on the set, on the idea that he could pick up a W and and maybe give you six innings and, and not a ton of runs allowed. But not you're not going to get a ton of strikeouts from him. And I just worry with the you know he's only made one start, five and a third innings. I don't know if he can give you more than six innings, which you know. Uh, it hinders you a little bit in FanDuel, but I, I get the idea. I, it's amazing that the White Sox have been that bad offensively and yet are sitting there at 15 and 6. It, it's really crazy, but I agree. I don't know if there are any White Sox I would feel great about throwing in the lineup, but I, I still would want to have some exposure against Wilson just on the upside. But I, I think you start everyone versus Danks. He, he's been bad this year. He's got a 6 2 3 ERA in his 17 innings. He, uh, Killed by righties last year, 353 Woba, 381 so far this year. I think you roll out the Trumbos, the Hardys, the Scopes, the Machados, whoever it is, even if uh, you know they haven't been hitting as much lately. I think there's still a lot of upside in that matchup. All right, Benny, let's move on to the 7-10 start in Boston as uh, our interleague matchup as Julius Chassin and the Atlanta Braves take on Clay Buckholtz. Definitely a uh, top five funnest name in baseball to say. Benny, which way are you leaning here? You know, Chassin's actually been a lot better. He he was on the Rockies for a while and was a guy that was just consistently getting lit up. So, so I think it's always nice for any pitcher when they get themselves out of cores. But I still think that Boston's going to wind up getting to him today. I really like the left-handed bats against them, so... You know, with this game switching back to Boston, they get the DH back. So definitely David Ortiz, somebody in play. You know, Travis Shaw, who's been filling in for him with the cleanup duties lately, has looked really good. He's hitting over 333 to start the year. You know, flashed some powers, been driving in some runs. Is going to be in the heart of that order. Uh, so I like Travis Shaw as well. I think those two are two of the bats on Boston I definitely want exposure to. And then I'm not really a big fan of Clay Buckholz, but I mean, who do you really like on this Atlanta offense? You know, Freddie Freeman's the biggest bat that they have. He's looked horrible to start the year. They dropped him down to the six hole the other day, just hasn't been hitting. They're trying to get him going. So I want to pick guys against Buckholz. I want to target guys against them, but I can't find anybody that I really want to target on this Atlanta team. I mean, this lineup is really that bad. Yeah, I'd almost go the other way, and I hate Buckholz, and I might even start him depending on his price. Uh, they've got, what, like two, three homers as a team, Atlanta? I mean, it's insane, so I'm with you. Uh, and I, I, I agree to a point, though, I, I like Shasin. He was a, a former 
legit prospect in Colorado who didn't work out in Colorado. And those guys are always interesting to me because, you know, similar to a Nicasio and Shasim was a better prospect. So, you know, I, I think there could be some upside there. You got to like, he's got a 10 strikeout per nine, as opposed to a one walk per nine rate so far this season, obviously a small sample size, but Maybe he's figured it out outside of Colorado, but uh, agree. I think uh, Travis Shaw is still. I said this on the podcast last week. He's he's still at twenty eight hundred. I think his price has gone down, and he just keeps killing it. What do you have a a homer and five RBI the other night? I mean, he's been really good, and he's insanely cheap. But until his price goes up with where he's batting in a really good lineup, I think you got to keep rolling him out. So I love that call. All right, let's head out for, uh, the two later night games uh, first at nine. 40 in Arizona as the Cardinals and Michael Waka head in to take Rubby De La Rosa. We got some fun names today, Benny, which is always good. Yeah, you know, De La Rosa is a guy who has really, really struggled against left-handed hitters. So this is a really tough matchup for him. Arizona's a great hitter's ballpark. So you got this St. Louis lineup with guys like, uh, you know, Carpenter up there up top. You got, you know, whether it's Moss or, or Adams, probably Moss hitting cleanup for them. You know, you have other guys like uh, Randall Gerchuk and Holiday who hit pretty well in righty-on-righty matchups as well. And like we said, De La Rosa with the lefties is bad. So Carpenter, definitely somebody in play. You know, Brandon Moss, somebody in play. Any other lefty bats that they decide to throw in there I think are in play. And this Cardinals offense has been pretty good. You know, you got guys like Hasselbaker and Piscotti that have been uh, putting up some big numbers and Gerchuk and, you know, all all these guys that we're mentioning. Um you know, I think that this is a game where you can stack some bats up against De La Rosa. Now, Waka on the other side, I like Waka as a pitcher. I don't like him as a fantasy pitcher. And some people say, what the heck are you talking about? So let me kind of explain this real quick. He's a guy that, you know, has good numbers, doesn't give up a lot of hits, doesn't give up a lot of walks, doesn't give up a lot of runs, but he also doesn't strike a ton of batters out. And he's always expensive. So if you look at him, It's always tough for a guy that doesn't have the strikeout upside to consistently make value and give you upside. But at the same point in time, he's not a guy that I would ever really look to target a lot of bats against. So, you know, if you want to target bats, you know, Goldie's a guy who hits well in righty-on-righty matchups, still has over a 400 Woba even in his weaker split. Uh, David Peralta, the lefty, is somebody you can target against him too. But but Waka's a good pitcher, so it's not like it's going to be an easy matchup for these guys. So... I'm not really looking at any of the Arizona bats. I like a lot of the St. Louis bats, especially the lefties. And that's kind of the way I see this game. I don't think I'd want to use either pitcher from it. I have nothing to add. I love the Cardinals bats. Robbie's been terrible this year. Uh, actually, oddly enough, so far in a small sample size this year, worse against righties than lefties. But the 377 career Wobo allowed to lefties is like a start your lefties kind of sign and flashing lights. Uh, you know, Brandon Moss has been uh, uh, hitting a little bit. So I, th- I think there's definitely some guys you can you can make some uh, some good value with on that Cardinals roster. And and I actually I couldn't agree with you more. I actually wrote out on Waka. I just wrote maybe a stay away like on both sides, you know, stay away from starting him stay away from going up against him just stay away so uh you know I I think I feel the same way obviously you know certain guys for the price are always worth it but uh all right Benny let's figure out uh finish out the night with a game that I'm guessing we are not going to be using a ton of hitters in as it's the one legit pitching matchup of the night 10-10 start 
in L.A. as Jose Fernandez takes on Kenta Maeda, who's been terrific so far for the Dodgers. Uh, where are you leaning this one? Are, are you just pretty much staying away from the offense? Yeah, I'm, I'm not looking at any of the bats here. I like both of these pitchers. And here's the way that I break it down on why I'm going to go Maeda over Fernandez. Fernandez is trying to strike everybody out, which is not a bad thing. You know, it's a little bit it's a little bit fascist, as they tell us in Bull Durham, but it's not a bad thing. <laughs> but what it is a bad thing for for fantasy is he's not pitching deep into the games because he's doing it. We're not getting seven or eight innings out of Jose Fernandez, which also means we're not getting 11, 12 strikeouts out of Jose Fernandez because, you know, he's not going to strike out everybody, even though he's going to strike out a lot of people. So if he's only going five or six for us and only getting us, you know, seven to nine strikeouts, it's not going to be enough to pay off the huge salary that he demands every time he goes out there. Now, Maeda's price is probably going to come up. You know, Maeda's been reasonably priced in like the, you know, high 8K range, which is actually kind of cheap for a stud pitcher. You know, he's only given up like one run in the three starts that he's had so far. He went into Coors Field and threw a gem, which is something that's really tough to do. I mean, we don't see a lot of pitchers do that ever. So if I'm looking at these two guys, you know, Fernandez probably does have the higher strikeout upside. But I do think that the Dodgers win this game because Fernandez is probably only going to go five or six innings. And I think the Dodgers get to the bullpen late in the game. I think Maeda is the kind of guy that can give us seven or eight innings. Maybe not strike out as many guys as Fernandez does. But he's going to keep this Miami team off balance. And, um, you know, I think he puts up a, a good number. So you're probably going to be getting a thousand to three thousand dollar discount on Maeda over Fernandez and for that kind of discount I, I don't even think it's close I think you got to go with Maeda 100% agree I think it obviously comes down to the pricing I think because of the the dearth of quality pitchers on the board today Maeda's probably going to be up closer above that five digit number instead of four but uh, I think Fernandez will probably be about a thousand to twelve hundred more and in that case, I, I think you have to go Maeda. So we agree there, Benny. Uh, as we can hear in the background, I think your your baby agrees that that this podcast is now over. Yeah, I think uh, I think he's worried about eating right now. That's all he cares about. I can, I can't blame him. I'm gonna do the same. So that'll do it for us for the April twenty eighth. MLB Rotowire DFS podcast. Uh, Benny will be back with you tomorrow. I'll be back with you next week. But every single day, we've got you covered. So keep it tuned. Keep tuning in to the Rotowire DFS podcast for MLB and and all the other sports as we uh, we just keep bringing the content. And hopefully, you keep going out and winning the money. So good luck, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. They're gonna kill the love of my life Daisy! if I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday, our line of work is. Quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain for love. Collide in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13. Maybe inappropriate for children under 13. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.